Okay, fellas and my ladies who like to dabble in the dark art of the point spread, the league has showed you half the deck of cards. Half the season is surely enough by now to get this thing wired, right? Well, okay, maybe it's not that easy, but still, a little bit of gambling can make any game fun. It can turn Jets-Dolphins into the freaking Super Bowl with a little something-something on the line. You want to get some sweet action on the games, legally, and be confident that when you win, you will get paid? Well, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Plenty of places will take your money. Not everybody likes to give it back. MyBookie.ag has proven themselves to me over the last two years to be rock solid. I've had a grand total of like five people who have had any kind of issue, and it's been one email to me, one email to them, and by the time I turn around, they're like, you know what, MyBookie reached out. I'm satisfied they took care of me. That's how they are. That's how they roll. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. So bet with your head, no over it. Use promo code ZABE to get that bonus doubling of your deposit. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And remember, at mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, the 280-character resignation letter has claimed another high-profile victim as if the Browns needed any more drama. Glenn Eunice, my man who took me to the World Series and happens to run Ed Reed's life, talks Lamar Jackson, Hall of Fame jackets, and more. All that plus imagine the concept of dying for a sandwich. Your 45 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> Here we go. Tuesday, November 5th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Before I get into it here, I just want to thank you guys again. And if you're listening to me, thank you. I know you have more listening choices than ever before. And every minute and every second you listen to little old moi is most appreciated. And I try to live up to providing decent, funny, entertaining, informative, unique content for you to listen to. I uh, did something today I don't think I've done in quite some time. I've done it a little bit before, but I decided because I had to you know, do some driving today to listen to a book on Audible. What a concept. It was quite enjoyable. I really didn't even notice or mind the hour-plus drive into work and the even long hour-and-a-half-plus drive home because I was kind of engrossed in this book. Oh, oh, what book? What book? I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable sharing the book title with you people now, but suffice to say, I didn't even like who had done the voice work for this particular book. I do not think it was the author. I think most authors don't voice their own books or maybe they do. I don't know. I didn't even particularly like the, uh, the, the voice talent doing it, But it was just, I was listening to it and I was so engrossed that at times I had a hard time um, remembering, hey man, you're driving, so pay the fuck attention. Don't get lost in this thing here. My mind kind of wandered off and got immersed in the content itself. And I know you're going to laugh and say, oh, 
Zabe has found out about listening to books on tape. It's not that I just found out about it. I'm just telling you that I did it because, you know, I listen to a lot of sports radio for my job to stay informed, to steal ideas, uh, to gain knowledge that I then pass off as my own original knowledge about, you know, they're not playing a lot of cover two safety in New England this year. It's just a different scheme up there. Boy, did I sound smart. And of course, the thing about sports radio and the one thing that torments me just a little bit is that I feel like as great a job as it is, as fun as it is, I'm building sandcastles every evening by the boardwalk, elaborate, huge sandcastles that get washed away by the tide the next day. There's nothing permanent to it. There's nothing larger than life, but people like watching uh, me or others build these sandcastles and it's entertainment. So I always feel like every minute I spend listening to some knucklehead argue about LeBron James versus, oh, Kobe Bryant or whatever. I'm like, not getting any smarter. I'm not exposing my worldview to anything more than this. Uh, The particular book I was listening to uh, talked about the last Japanese soldier who finally came out of you know, the, the, the hills in, I think, the Philippines a- after the war had long been over and surrendered. And I forget the guy's name already. I know. My brain is mush at this point of night. But he was in there for like, like 30 years. 30 years. And he's finally like, okay, war's over. I guess I'm good now. Unbelievable. And I know that you're laughing right now saying, yeah, you really expanded your your worldview. You can't even remember the name of the Japanese soldier that it was. Okay, I don't know the name. I can look it up as soon as I'm done here, and we can go forward. But still, it, it was both cool to do that, and I'm looking forward to actually driving around and listening to more of the book when I get a chance or in bed. But it was also, it scared the shit out of me. I was like, how am I, how is this little podcast ever going to compete? with so many things to listen to out there. And so I appreciate each and every one of you that do take time to listen to me yammer on, and I'm going to do my darn best to uh, forge into areas that I don't talk about on the radio show that is more lasting or perhaps big picture or meaningful than just transactional shit. Okay, speaking of that, 240, 280 letters... Uh, 280 characters, not just letters. The 280-character resignation letter known as Twitter has struck again. The Cleveland Browns cut 26-year-old safety Jermaine Whitehead after he went off on social media at fans criticizing him for poor tackling during the Browns' loss to the Denver Broncos. Some guy named Dustin Fox at Dustin Fox 37. He might be a media member. I don't know. He tweeted, Whitehead's effort tackling today is a joke. Hashtag Browns. Jermaine Whitehead saw that tweet and said, come get it in blood, bitch. Made ass little boy. I'm out there with a broke hand. Don't get smoked, fuck ass cracker. (laughs) Oh, shit. Then somebody under the Uh, tag at he hate me two three four just saw two for a hundred 
two for 110 and a TD, fuck boy. Meaning, I guess that's who, uh, that's how much yardage and two touchdowns he gave up. <laughs> Jermaine Whitehead responded with, don't get shot at, little bitch. Can you whoop my ass? Fuck football. Let me know when you need the address. <laughs> Someone else jumped in. Uh, give me a time and place. You suck. Whitehead responded, 80 Lou Groza Boulevard, Berea, Ohio, 44017. Any fucking day of the week? Cracker. <laughs> and then another guy said, uh, does Jermaine Whitehead still dot, dot, dot? And he says, yup. And he replied back to that guy, I'm going to kill you, bitch. That's on blood. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. The funniest thing would be, what if? What if fans could fight players? What if? <laughs> imagine going to a facility like uh, you knock on the front door or you, they buzz you in. Yes, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm here to uh, fight Jermaine Whitehead. Oh, Okay, uh, I'm going to buzz you in. There's a line forming to the right. Uh, just sign in first, and then uh, we'll get to you as soon as we can. <laughs> yes, uh, Baker Mayfield scheduled to fight an old man from uh, Ypsilanti. Uh, then there's some <laughs> fans fighting NFL players. Of course they're talking shit on Twitter, Jermaine. That's what Twitter's for. Block them. Mute them, ignore them, or just don't be on it. Sorry about your broken hand. Hope you get another shot in the NFL. You got to let bygones be bygones, right? Once again, Twitter, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. I report you decide. Mike Francesa was talking about how it's time for crazy eyes Adam Gase to be fired. And he went into a long, tortured explanation about how he doesn't take this lightly. He's not a hot take artist who says fire the coach at the first drop of adversity. But notice at around the 18 minute mark, he apparently lets loose with what me and the boys have dubbed a shy Carl or a little tiny fart that just sort of slips out of your pants. I'll replay it for in case Listen 18 seconds in here and tell me if you can hear it. I usually make rash decisions with coaches. I try to be reasonable. I understand what their livelihood is. I understand how much time they put into it. I've been around a lot of coaches. I understand how much work they put into this, especially NFL head coaches. But when you cannot function, when you're not functioning as <laughs> whoa, a franchise... Whoa, 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 whoa. ...coaches, but... When you cannot function. <laughs> there it was right there. When you cannot function. That's it. That's it right there. Shy Carl, I'm calling it. Francesa with the Shy Carl. Apparently Adam Gase did not know that star running back Le'Veon Bell, for whom they paid a princely sum of money to acquire in the offseason and free agency, was hurt. Adam Gase didn't know that he was hurt until he didn't report to the facility on Monday. Wow. Good times in New York with the Jets. Good times in Cleveland with the Browns. Good times in Miami as their plans to tank. Got a little bit of a setback with that win. Someone pointed out to me, they go, Zay, you know, you got all these teams that are just sucking badly. Browns, Jets, Dolphins. 
how come no one nationally is talking about the Redskins? He's like, where? What about us? Don't we get any sort of love? Of course, Bill Callahan tried to dance through this awkward decision not to name a starting quarterback, um, not to name a starting quarterback yet for the upcoming game against the Jets, which will have huge draft implications because there's a bye week. And reporters who cover this team kept saying, well, why not go with Haskins? What are we missing here? Here was the barrage of questions and the non-answers from Bill Callahan, who was frantically tap dancing to avoid saying, yeah, we don't want to start or even play Haskins for reasons that we're not going to elaborate on as a team. Why are you still making the decision? Why, why wouldn't I think we you have just- some time here. We have a bye week. Uh, we don't play for two weeks. So I just want to gather a lot of information, want to look at a lot of things on film, go back into the self-scout. And I just want to just take my time and decide where we're going to go, the direction that we're going to go. Understanding that, the factors that go into that, like what, I guess, bluntly, what is the point of moving forward with a veteran when it is clear that the rookie who is the future of the franchise needs mm-hmm the experience both in practice and in yeah, game. I appreciate the question. I, I do. I just <laughs> want to be real clear that I want to take time this week. We have some time in the bye uh, to go back and look and evaluate and look at our self-scout evaluations, look at personnel evaluations. So, uh, again, like I said, I'm just going to go back to my original statement and, and just take my time and make the decision next week as of... Uh, yeah, at just gibberish on top of gibberish. This is now a hugely interesting question, which is who's saying don't play him? Why are they saying don't play him? What is the franchise's end game? I almost wish one of the reporters had simply looked at Callahan and said, you know, you're one and eight, right? And just let that stink of a question hang in the air with that exact inflection, with that exact meaning buried in it. You know, you're one and eight, right? The prevailing theory is apparently that they just know he's not good and that they don't want to expose him any further, either because it'll stunt his growth or it'll make him thoroughly untradeable this coming winter. I got news for you. Once he is put up on the block for trade, every other team is going to know. Ain't no good. Not that the Redskins, no one's going to go, oh, the Redskins have totally missed on this. This guy, watch. We'll shine him up like a like a nice new penny, and then we'll get him out there. He'll be great for us. No, I can assure you the league, once the Redskins put him up for availability, are going to say, the league is going to say, who's calling me, damn it? Oh, of course I know who's calling me. Um, the league is going to say, you know what? We'll give you a fifth rounder. Enjoy. All right, speaking of calls, let's call my man Glenn Eunice and talk some Lamar Jackson. Okay, fellas and my ladies who like to dabble in the dark art of the point spread, the league has showed you half the deck of cards. Half the season is surely enough by now to get this thing wired, right? Well, okay, maybe it's not that easy, but still, 
a little bit of gambling can make any game fun. It can turn Jets Dolphins into the freaking Super Bowl with a little something something on the line. You want to get some sweet action on the games legally and be confident that when you win, you will get paid? Well, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Plenty of places will take your money. Not everybody likes to give it back. MyBookie.ag has proven themselves to me over the last two years to be rock solid. I've had a grand total of like five people who have had any kind of issue, and it's been one email to me, one email to them, and by the time I turn around, they're like, you know what, MyBookie reached out. I'm satisfied they took care of me. That's how they are. That's how they roll. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. So bet with your head, no over it. Use promo code ZABE to get that bonus doubling of your deposit. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And remember, at mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right, let's call my boy, Glenny Eunice, G-Unit Radio. Mr. Ed Re- Glennie, what's going on, brother? The Zabecast. The Zabecast. So, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. So, big night for you and uh, for well, for Ed, but I'm sure you had a long night running around as Ed uh, got to uh, be feted in front of the Baltimore fans for making the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm a curmudgeon. Everyone asks me how great it is and how much fun it is. I'm like, it's just a lot of work. And I had to stand up outside on the field for the first half. So my legs, my my fat boy calves are still tired a day later. <laughs> hey, you know what? I was at that Redskin Raven game. Oh, uh, Ed killed Brunel. Uh, it was the one that it was about four degrees out. Yes. And it must so, have been 10 years ago. Was that did was Brunel playing that? I, I've forgotten already. By the way, Glenn is a huge Redskin fan. For those that don't know, he does run Ed Reed's foundation, but he's born and raised in D.C., so don't hold that against him. Constantly, Glenn will text me going, when is this franchise ever going to get their shit together? <laughs> and the answer is increasingly not in our lifetime, right? It, and, and unfortunately, yes. I don't know that we got into this at the World Series champion uh, Nationals game. I know. Uh, number three that we went. Can you believe they won the World Series? We're I jumping around. but man, Bro, I can't I believe it. <laughs> My father-in-law is still sending me emails about how we went to the game and uh, articles from the post. But I don't know if we got into this at the World Series game. But I, I told my wife that I can't raise my our daughter a Redskins fan. And she's like, okay. And then after we went over to my cousin's house for a baptism party yeah. in uh, near Ashburn, near Redskins Stadium uh, Park, I was telling my cousin Duke, and he's like, "What do you mean you're not raising your daughter a Redskins fan? Like we're from DC for over 120 years. You're a Redskins fan." I'm like, "No, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't do that to her." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "I can't do it." And he's like. I mean, yeah, I hate Dan Snyder and the Redskins too, but like, they're, I'm a Redskins fan. That's what we do. And well, like, there, there's a notion, the old school notion, Glenn, is that geography trumps everything and that you must be for the team from your area. And that's how you choose teams. You know that today's generation, much less your daughter, who is yeah. only how, how many months old? Six and a half months old. <laughs> you, know, you know, the new generation, they pick their favorite teams based on the video games that totally. they're playing. Some kids don't even have a team, Glenn. They have a collection of players they like. Yeah. 
It's true, and I hate all those kids. Um, <laughs> They're the kids who are going to be running the world soon. Uh, I hate them. I, I hate know. them. I'm holding on. They can come get us. I'm on top right now, kid. You can come <laughs> get me. But I subscribe to what you said earlier is it's regional. I, I am that person. You are that person. I, I am from D.C., so I root for the Caps and the Nats and the Wizards and the Ravens. Uh, and <laughs> But I root for my – in Maryland Terrapins, the Georgetown Hoyas. And right. I guess the Orioles sort of by default, sort of. And the Ravens, because of an allegiance to Ed for the last 15 years, and they're a better organization and have a better game day they are, experience and have they a better are stadium way and better. are proper. Yes, yeah, I mean, they, they are so much better, it's a joke. And I was saying this today on my show in D.C., and of course it still prompted a Raven fan to lash out and say, yeah, you, this is what a real football team looks like. You wouldn't know it down there. I'm like, look here, motherfucker. I just, and I didn't say that on the air because it was radio, but I can say <laughs> yeah, it on a podcast. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, look, motherfucker, I just spent the last 20 minutes praising Baltimore, saying they had a plan, they had a vision, they did their homework yeah. with Lamar Jackson. They saw what, how many other teams, 31 other teams didn't see in him, in him right? Well, they saw, that, 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 we're going to go down a couple paths here. A hundred percent. But first off, settle down, bitch. You guys just got good a few years ago because you weren't even here for a while. But right. Redskins have a legacy. Snyder's done an incredible job of ruining that. Burning it to the ground. Such a short amount of time. Right. He but just really, current he, franchise to current franchise, it's humiliating how the Ravens – I mean, the Ravens, like a lot of teams, Glenn, they, can, they will endure their cycles of up and yes. down and build and then fall apart. But then they come back. This no is doubt. what's happening with the Niners right now. They are back up again. They've only been in the wilderness for five years. That's it. Not 28 no, that's, that's right. like the Redskins have. So no, anyway. 28. All right. So go ahead. Uh, go no, ahead. But, but No, but you're 100% right. And the Lamar Jackson team that looked over him, that dives into a whole other value thing. Well, you know, we really like Lamar Jackson, but not in the first round. In the second round, what the hell does that mean? If the guy's good, it doesn't matter if you got him in the first round or the third round. Right. Yes, you need your first rounders to be stars. You need your third rounders to be starters. And if you get a few flyers in the fourth and fifth round, you've done a really nice job. I get it. But this whole, I really like that kid, but not at 32. I really liked him at 68. A third, fourth pick in the third round. It's like screw you. You don't, you don't even know what that means. The value. Well, uh, you know we're, all, we're taking a running back in the second round because right. they're devaluing them. It's like, dude, if the guy's good, doesn't matter where you take him. That is a false narrative right. of value draft. But whatever. But here's the trick. Nobody knows if anybody right. is gonna be good. Right. So so how can you place arbitrary value on and and, and with this right the money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you draft a guy. You're really going to care if the guy's bad if you draft him in. If yeah. a guy sucks and you got him in the second round, are you really like, well, at least we didn't race the first round? You're like, no, it sucks. We blew a pick and it saved you, what, three million bucks? Who right. cares? Well, that's the thing. It, These teams, they they get, they get fall in love with their evaluations as if yeah, their right. evaluations are more scientific or more reliable than they really are. Look at what the Bears have done, Glenn, in the drafting of Trubisky. They uh, moved up one spot. Yeah. <laughs> They paid extra picks, an extra first and a second, I think, to go one spot up to take a guy who right now looks like he sucks as bad as anybody. Right, just as bad as anybody else's. Right, and their and their argument was, well, yeah, it's a steep price, but when you got your guy, 
It doesn't matter what you pay, except for when he turns out He's to not, not the be the guy. Just like Dan, <laughs> just like Daniel Jones may not be the guy. Although as we tape this tonight, holy shit, the Giants are beating the Cowboys. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. All right, so I, back to back to Lamar Jackson for a second. Oh, I want to read you this. <laughs> this came to me from uh, a listener today via the text line. He says, "Zabe, don't block me or take this the wrong way, but every black person who follows sports." knew Lamar Jackson was going to be a star. What? The stereotypical old white guys in the league all say he should have changed positions and can't throw, and most media people around D.C. of another color said he was going to be another RG3. Okay, I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to play for you right now this clip. This was Desmond Howard. Uh, interviewed by me and Andy Poland at the Army Navy game uh, mm-hmm. after uh, after Lamar Jackson's Heisman uh, Trophy winning what sophomore year? So yeah, it was the it was real. the year before he came out. And here's what Desmond Howard said: Lamar Jackson looks spectacular. How does he translate to the pros? Do you think? Uh, he he. <laughs> He'll be a good wide receiver. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's just like he's like Ohio State's quarterbacks. Yeah. Aaron Pryor's playing wide receiver. Right. <laughs> um, what about Braxton Barrett? Miller, Braxton Miller's playing wide receiver. Barrett played a quarterback in the pros. JT? Yeah. No. 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 Okay. That's Desmond Howard. Last I checked, Glenn, he's he's black. not very good. No, oh, last yeah, I checked. Last no, I, I checked. He, <laughs> right. <laughs> that too. You're not a fan. Yeah. Of, you're not a fan of Desmond Howard on uh, I mean, college actually, game day. I don't. Uh, he says stuff that makes no sense. It's not like he says bad stuff. It, 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 okay. The sentences don't mean anything. But you're right. That's not a re- look. We we. I actually was do. I did a radio hit this morning about Lamar and and some of this, and the idea that. He needs to throw more because he'll be more of a quarterback and not run. That dialogue for it added into the skin is is the skin color piece is ridiculous. It is so stupid. Of course, Desmond Howard said that. A lot of people said that. But the opposite of the rant I went on about, you know, if you target a guy and who cares when you draft him and you have your guy and you the Ravens saw something in him, thought he would fit, they took a shot on him, and he has been fantastic. And I'm glad that they run the ball with him. They run it with Mark Ingram and Edwards and Lamar Jackson. And the reason they do it, it's not because Lamar Jackson can't throw. It's because they're better when they run. Because the point is, do what you do well, better than the other team, so you can win. And that's what they do. And by the way, the kid's 22, hired a quarterback coach, whether Bashadi paid for it or not, in the offseason. The kid's locked in. He wants to do better. He's not just resting on the fact that he's a sick ridiculous slippery right. athlete oh god Zay, cheat code see- cheat code even yeah. even al michaels it last is. night that old curmudgeon said this is like <laughs> a video game that one <laughs> scramble it was true it was it was when te- he jumped inside of 53 and went around to the sideline yeah. oh yeah it was it was bo jackson and tech mobile literally unfair it, it is unfair and he's getting better at passing just it, it just in terms of he's just getting better at his craft well, and, and the thing about him, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and the weird thing is, the Ravens also have RG three, the inferior <laughs> I know, I copy know. of him. You know, RG three <laughs> to me, and I've never seen him stand together side by side. He just looks more spindly in the lower body. Yeah. Lamar Jackson looks more sturdily built, and on top of that, he's not a douchebag. Lamar well, Jackson, yeah, like he's not. RG three 
was and maybe still is, although I don't know, a delusional douchebag when he they, was with they, the Redskins. And he had a dad who did him no favors, Glenn. Yeah. No, that's right. Well, you fluff you fluff guys up mentally and they, they get lost. And I can understand that. But yeah, you're a thousand percent right. Here's the thing about Lamar Jackson, Dave. He's locked in. He's engaged. He studies. There, there was a play a couple weeks ago where the play clock was running down and he was motioning a guy to come across and clear the center so they could call hike with three seconds to go. Harbs in the sidelines called a timeout and he went, he was waving him off after the timeout. No, no, no. He's like, I got it. I saw it. He comes to the sidelines. He wasn't upset at all. He's like, Coach, I knew exactly what was going on. I knew exactly how much time. He is locked in and he's humble and he wants to learn and he studies film and he talks to his players. And as boisterous and youthful and crazy and in the culture as he is on Instagram, he is a normal, regular, humble kid that wants to get better. He knows exactly who he is. He knows he's sick and that his shit doesn't stink and you cannot really catch him. But the difference between him and RG3 and all these others on the field and off the field, he is a hundred percent aware of a hundred percent aware of what's going on. And I think the reason that he has a cheat code is not because he's one of one athletically, like Bobby Wagner, the Seahawks called him. It's because he's aware of where traffic is, and where people are, and what's happening, and that he has to study, and that he has to get better. And of course, this is like, oh, I just had the best dinner ever. That whole like, it's right now, so it's the best, yeah. and everyone's hype. Yeah. But the kid is really that good. Sure. He's that aware and he's that humble. He's sick. I can't wait. He's twenty two. I know. Twenty two. I know. It's uh, it's working out. I, I just, it's hard for me to get around the the black and purple of the uniform scheme for the Ravens. It really is. Like you I didn't like the all blackout last night. I, listen, if that's your I'm thing, send you a jersey. Send you a jersey. That's no, I'm sending you a jersey. No, I, 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 I generally don't like purple as a sports color. I just like yeah. pink. I think purple is uh, is pink's uh, swishy cousin as a color. Not that there's it's, anything it's wrong the with man- it. <laughs> no, there's not. Gary. It's but, not the more manly of the two right. colors. Yeah. That, well, yeah, it is. It's it's the slightly buffer version of pink. Now, some men love pink and can rock the pink, and that's great and all, but it doesn't pair well with black. But guess what? That's the team colors, and so so be it. I'm sure Raven fans are like, yeah, hun, our colors are great. Shut your mouth, you Redskin fan. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. All right, that I said. That. I got yeah. into that today, too, though. What, what, why does Baltimore hate D.C. so much? Oh, well, because there's they that, think inf- that we're serious. It's yes. the inferiority thing. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> it, it is. No, it, it, uh, it, it's 100% true, but why? Like, Baltimore fans, it's fine. No, we're not. We're, I promise you. We. I promise you. Nobody in D.C. is going like, well, man, Baltimore. They're just, it's, it, we're not upset at you. The reason that we have an attitude is because you hate us. So we're like, well, what are you, why would you hate us? You're just little old Baltimore. Go away. Well, there's, you know, there is the whole thing about how for years uh, they they lobbied to keep they a baseball team. They yeah. lobbied to keep a baseball team out of D.C. And That's then right. when the Colts were ripped from the city's right. clutches, it was a traumatic moment. And then the Redskins kind of like sidled up like, hey, Baltimore, here you lost a football team. Funny, because we don't have a baseball team. Almost like a guy saying, uh, hey, uh, my, my brother married your sister. Does your brother want to marry my sister? It's like, no, fuck you, that's wrong. <laughs> and so Baltimore, so Baltimore rejected the overtures for any Redskins affiliation during the dark years without a football team. But how dumb do you have to be to be upset that 
the TV stations are like, well, you don't have a football team, so we'll give you the next closest team. They're like, what? Thank you. It's like, who gives a yeah. shit? It's 30 minutes down the road. Just watch the stupid football game. It's not – this wasn't now where you get every game. And the other thing is, does Oakland hate San Francisco like that? Is, are Oakland and San Francisco feuding no. like Baltimore and D.C. do? Settle down. No, you We're know what? Mega city. You know what? You know what San Francisco says across the bay to Oakland? Not our rival. Yeah. Yeah. Not our rival. So, yeah, now this is going to be in the DMV area, or at least up the I-95 corridor. It's going to be a huge opportunity for the Purple Tide to retake a good chunk of the northern counties and outside the Beltway. And if they the to Virginia, they're going to take even more of oh, Maryland. Oh, yes, they will. And and, and we're and, talking, and the way, if Lamar Jackson is legitimate, you know, generational yes. good and sustainable, then, I mean, it could be a decade of dominance. Yeah, the only owner that's going to vote against the uh, the league trying to get Dan Snyder to sell is Steve Bashotti because he's like, just keep being crappy because we're taking over more and more Maryland. Oh. We're taking over more and more Maryland. And guess what? In a couple of years, we're going to have all of Bethesda and Rockville and Howard right. County. We'll take it all. Thank you very much. Right. Uh, it's funny. There's some uh, fans that are saying, how come the league can't step in? like they did with the New York Giants many years ago and installed George Young to help save the yep. Giants when they were floundering. I said to those people who dream that fantasy, I go, do you think in a second Jerry Jones would let the league step in and save Dan Snyder from himself? No fucking way. These billionaires privately, they all smoke cigars with Dan and they pat him on the back and they go, show me pictures of your new mega yacht, Dan. And then behind his back, they're like, fuck that little loser. We are kicking his ass and don't give him any help. They have a mark staring right at them. This guy's a mark and they know it. Privately, they laugh at this guy. He's a clown. Right. Dave, you know the circles that we that we run in, you know, off yeah. the air, if oh, you will. Yeah. We hear the story. I, I had a cigar in Bashadi's box last night, okay? Like, we know these stories. You know these stories that league meetings and what other general managers, they laugh at the Redskins. Well, they laugh at the Redskins. The real, the real sign of uh, Snyder's weakness is that he's on no committees. He's really on no influential committees. <laughs> well, it's probably because he doesn't care because he thinks he's so cool. Uh, I don't know. I think he'd like to be on some kind of committee. He he might be on the pants and picnic committee like Bruce (laughs) Allen. That's about it. But who knows? All right. So, uh, tell me about, tell me about the night with Ed. I want I want some inside stuff. I I, I will. I I will tell you the the one thing I'll say real quick to finish out the the Redskins thought is inside football. The Brian LaFamina thing is what really made everyone go. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, they really are screwing it up. Because Brian LaFamina was well-respected in the league, and it was sort of a coup that they got him out of the league yeah. into for those the that, Redskins organization. For those that don't know, the story was uh, Snyder hired this guy, Brian LaFamina, from the from New York, from the league offices, yeah. marketing guy, big honcho, to come yeah. on in and help you know infuse the Redskins brand with some new energy, some new you know ideas. And LaFamina came in, and the first thing he did... <laughs> Was he 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 wiped out the lie that there was some kind of waiting list for tickets? You have no and, shit. You have to cover up seats every day. Of course, there's no waiting list. But again, <laughs> that was a lie. That was a, a family lie, sort of it's like not a lie. what? <laughs> right. It was a family lie by Snyder, which he didn't want to give up. With that, you know, yeah, it looks like there's nobody in the stands, but by golly, we got a waiting list. No, you don't have a waiting list. So Lafamina comes in. He's like, 
We got tickets. Step right up. Get your Redskin tickets. He also yeah. then, I believe, Glenn, uh, he closed the the spigot to reselling tickets from the team's you know venues to yeah. or from the team's channels to opposing fans. So it resulted in, I believe, one of the biggest drops in attendance because he had turned off the spigot of the team away selling its own yeah. tickets to away fans, yeah. which I which understand. Which is SOP for most teams, by the way. Is it really? Yeah, because they have, I mean, no, it's actually not. Because most teams don't have to worry about right. other fans gobbling up their seats because their own fans handle their business. Right. But the point is he was trying to change the culture yeah. and get D.C. Yeah. fans back right. into the stands and say, hey, D.C. Redskins fans, we have tickets. We want you in here before we want anybody else in here. Right. So come home and watch your team. Snyder's like, that's that's a ridiculous thing. Why would we want our home fans yeah. in the seats? La Famina also cozied up to the non-flagship uh, radio station in town, WJFK, yeah. after years of the Redskins freezing them out, which was simply good business practice to get them on board. And all of these things. Why would things, you want more ears in your market? Weird. I, know. I don't know why he would do that. Right. And all of these things were absolute. <laughs> Snyder couldn't stand any of it. And they fired La Famina and his whole crew eight months after he took over. <laughs> and that, and that was that. So now that as the backstory, you were saying that yeah. the La Famina ouster, you believe in the higher echelons of league circles, has really painted Snyder and the skins as dipshits. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's, it, you know, that's the cherry on top. You, they know all the stories, everyone hears it. But it's like when you go get a guy that is a coup, that you're like, all right, maybe this dipshit knows something mm-hmm. and he's realized that he needs some help and he's going to get a real person in La Famina. And then when eight months later you blow everybody out, it's like, all right, it, it, it's over. This guy's a mark. Tell me about your. Tell me about your IMAX theater in your boat, bud. Just let's like screw it. We've got a mark. Let's just make him a mark and keep yeah. it moving. All right. You know, me, that, that's, that's what that is. Give me some Ed Reed stories from uh, Sunday night. All right. So Sunday night, uh, Ring of Honor, or uh, the Hall of Fame ring. Let me see. What what stories? All right. So oh. Ed was Ed was uh, honored. He was inducted to the Ravens Ring of Honor in the stadium? No, he, he was already in the Ring of Honor that's four figured. years ago. He got his Hall of Fame ring last night. And so David okay. Baker in the Hall of Fame was there. And he got his big ring, and Ray Lewis and Jonathan Ogden and um, Ozzie Newsome and Lenny Moore were there in attendance. And you know, we we're all in the field doing doing that whole thing. Um, let me, but I guess I guess the one story is you know Ed's a very vibe oriented person, right? He sort of does what he wants to do. So we go on the field. We had a bunch of pre pre uh, game obligations, and we finally meet them all, and we're done, and we're on the field pre game. I don't know, 20, 30 minutes before the game, and. Um, the Chad Steele, if anyone watches the Super Bowl, um, is the big, tall, handsome Sage Steele, former colleague that used to do the show with you's brother. He's the PR director for the Ravens. Big, tall, handsome guy who's always by the quarterbacks right. at the Super Bowl. Right. So Chad Steele's calling my phone, just hammering it. And I'm in the <laughs> media room with Ed doing some talking with some are, sweet owners. Are you his gateway to press avails? Ed? Yeah, I do all that. I, okay. I handle, I run our foundation, but I also handle all of our media and our marketing and sort of his day-to-day calendar. And So your, um, your shit was blowing up. Oh, forget it. it, it 24, 7, every day. Ba-ling. My phone yeah. is nonstop. Okay. And, you know, we had just done a, anyway, so Chad's calling me, call, I finally pick up my chat. I'm, I'm in the post-game media room. We're walking out on the field at 50-yard line tunnel in a minute. What's up? I've got Bradley Gill here, dude. 
he's Ed's biggest fan. He wants to see Ed. I'm like, Chad, we'll be out in a minute. Tell Bradley Beal to hang tight. Okay, call you back in a minute. Bradley Beal, a superstar shooting guard for the Washington Wizards. Who just re-upped, and I'm going to call him and ask him for money for our park because he just re-upped with the Wizards. That's at good. Because million. Guess Get what? Some, he got. He got. Guess that's a good guy to hit up for some money because he got Get the some. money. <laughs> oh my God! Get some Bradley Beal. Good for you. So five minutes later, we're still talking to these people in the media room, and Chad's like, "Hey, where are you at?" I'm like, "Dude, we're in the media room. What do you want?" Bradley Beal's here. I, you told me that already. We're coming out. I'll be right there. Anyway, we came out. Bradley Beal. I've never. I mean, I've seen a lot of cool guys being like, oh, man, Ed Reed, you're the greatest. Bradley Beal, I've never seen an adult relative star, superstar, be so excited. His eyes lit up when he saw Ed. It was very cool. He was so pumped to see Bradley Beal on the field pregame. You could not believe it. He was like, oh, my God. So they got a nice moment together for about five or ten minutes. Bradley so was Beal. was Ed excited to meet Brad? I assume Ed knew who he was. Yeah. he. I Well, you know you know how that goes, right? It's like uh, Bradley Beal shooting guard for the for the Wizards. And he's like, yeah, 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 I know. Cool. Thanks. All right. And then he walked out and did like a dribble between the legs and air dribble between the legs to like let uh, Bradley let know, know that I know that you played I know you. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so hold on, hold on, hold on. So so let me get this straight. So as part of your as part of your job as Ed Reed's you know uh, right hand man, when he's yeah. meeting a bunch of people, you make sure to just give him the crib notes in case yeah. he forgot or in case yeah. he was like, you oh yeah, who's that guy? Yeah, you just do it. You do it. You will go. You know, uh, John Smith. Uh, you know, the, you know, Exelon Energy. Okay, cool, great. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, Glenn, could you? Could yeah. you get somebody to do this for my life? Because, man, it's yeah. like just around work. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, that's Aaron Oster. He's a weekend yeah, exactly. overnight producer. Okay, good. What's yeah. up, A-Train? How you doing, brother? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> except he spells his name with an E and then you screwed it up. But, yeah, no. Except, but it's like that's too much. So then we have a conversation after. It's like, yo, just say what's up, Aaron. Because, you know, he spelled it wrong and you. You know, you blew it up. All right, cool. You know, but yes, we all need that little guy to whisper. So Bradley Beal, I got a good Hall of Fame story to tell you uh, in a second. But uh, real, real, Beal, yeah, okay, go yeah, ahead in the Bradley, Bradley Beal, Beal then Hall of Fame. I want to cool. slip something in be in between the stories. So go ahead, Bradley so, Beal. So we're on the field. We're doing our pregame thing. It's now time to go up into the owners' suite, uh, watch the first half of the game, and then at the two minute warning, come down onto the field, put on your gold jacket, and do the ring ceremony for the. Uh, ring, uh, Hall of Fame. So we had some other obligations. We had to get in a golf cart and we had to go take pictures of the bust and all this stuff prior. So I go, Hey Ed, I got your Hall of Fame jacket in my car. You need to put it on. He's like, Nah, bro, I ain't putting that on. That's something different. And I'm like, Dude, you got to put the Hall of Fame jacket on. He's like, Maybe later. So I leave it in my car. I send someone from Ravens staff. Here are my keys. Go get the gold jacket after we get inside the stadium. Bring it to me so we can put it on later. Cool, no problem. Why didn't he want to so, wear it? Because he's a vibe guy and he thought it was bad he, he, vibe? Did he think it was pretentious? Yeah, it's too much for him. He's a low-key guy. He's like, I'm not yeah. walking around with this Hall of Fame jacket. That's, it in everyone's face. that's what uh, I you know? noticed watching the celebration. I'm like, he's just wearing some leather biker jacket. Where's the, the gold jacket? starter jacket. Yes. With his college football Hall of Fame logo on it. And the, oh, Hall that's of, right. and, the, and the pro football hall of fame pin. And he's just, he's just cooling. So finally they hand me the jacket. We're in that pre room. We go out to meet Bradley Beal. I'm holding the hall of fame jacket in a, you know, in a, in a clothier bag on the sidelines. So it's time to go up to the stands. Game's about to start in 10 minutes. Ed comes out on the field, revs everybody up. He's supposed to come back in the tunnel. And we're going to go upstairs for, you know, an hour of, of the first half. 
hey, let's stay and watch the first series. All right, cool. We'll stay on the field and watch the first series. So we're on the 20 yard line watching the first series Ravens score. That's great. Well, now they're going well. We're not moving. It's bad juju. So they stop Tom Brady and the Patriots, and then they go down and they kick another field. Well, now we're staying right now. Well, we stayed on the sidelines for the entire first half of the game where Big Boy hadn't eaten or drinking on Big Boy. Oh, uh, yeah. Hasn't eaten or drinking since, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon. Now it's 10 o'clock. So we finally get everyone together. It's about time to go to the podium. He finally takes off his Miami Hurricane starter jacket and puts on his Hall of Fame jacket. But it's cold out, and he's wearing a Ravens hoodie underneath. He had a Ravens he had Ravens equipment make him a, a sleeveless hoodie with his oh. number engraved in the chest. A sleeveless love. hoodie against a, a, the a, Patriots? Oh, son of a bitch, JR! Yeah. That's Belichick's oh. move! He's yeah. copying his move! But it wasn't torn. It was sewn. He had it like hemmed oh. the sleeves. Oh, wow. Yeah, very, very, very nice. So he has someone go upstairs and get him that. He puts it on underneath his gold, his Hall of Fame jacket, but he has his hoodie up because it's cold, and he's a southern boy from Louisiana, and he hates the cold. So I'm like I'm, – as he's walking to the bus in the podium with Ray and Steve Bishotti and Dick Cass and Ozzy and everybody, I'm like gesturing. I'm like, take off the hoodie. He's like, all right, cool. So he took the hoodie off because I thought he was going to go up to the podium with his gold so, jacket on and a hoodie and on. He, he, he would have if you didn't henpeck him like his mother. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe. but, but, but I'm an, I'm not, but I'm an old Jewish lady that worries about these things. And so I, you know, I I say, Hey, good for you. So that's all part of the job. So when you're, when you had, uh, when you had his, his hall of fame jacket in your car, I trust it was in a black garment bag and not just slung. Can you imagine leaving that anywhere in public in Baltimore, a gold hall of fame jacket, how quick that window would have been busted. Oh, it's gone. It was in a black garment bag. It's in a black garment bag in my car now, but safely in my garage, and I will go bring it inside. And luckily, sure. nobody w- knows what kind of car you drive. Yeah, well, a Civic, Civic SE <laughs> cloth seat. So don't look not for it. Even close. It. Hey, so yeah, back to the close. back to this, and then <laughs> so so real quick. Uh, inserting it's in a this 2011 Hyundai Genesis. Oh wait, Did I, shut up! <laughs> that's my I'm car. Kidding. VIN number XJ7. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So the fact that you go around and you, uh, you're you the guy that says to Ed, like, oh, yeah, this is so-and-so. He plays, you know, uh, free yeah. safety or so. Just to help him out in case yeah. so there's no awkward yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. I think etiquette-wise in business that if you are seeing somebody for, say, the second time, mm. that it's not only perfectly okay, but it's quite helpful and polite to reintroduce yourself, such as, you know, Bill Poplinski outside accounts, <laughs> Coca-Cola Southern region, yeah, yeah. as as a way as a way to take the burden off yeah. of the other person to know and remember exactly who you are. And I also think it's polite to not say in response, oh yeah, I know who you are. I hate it when guys do that. It, well, you make me feel bad for not remembering, but I always remember when they so say, I don't have that problem. right. But when somebody says, oh yeah, I know who you are. Now I feel like a shithead because I am coming to you, reintroducing myself, assuming you have forgotten who I am or don't know me. So yeah. don't make me look bad by going, oh, I know who you are. Like, hey, I would, f- I would look at it the other way. 
Because they're, I would say, yeah. you're damn right. You know me. I'm Steve freaking Zabin. <laughs> of course you know. Well, you're Bill Plazinski from Outside Sales. That's Plazinski. You've already forgotten P- his name. He's probably he's probably a real person. Who, to who me, these names anyway. To me, when somebody says, "Oh yeah, I know who you are," with that tone, it says, "Hey asshole, I'm not stupid," and you yeah. just assumed I was stupid. No, uh, I didn't assume you're stupid. I'm just being gracious enough to consider the fact that maybe you had forgotten who I was. In the meantime, go yeah. fuck you, Bill Poplinski. Okay, <laughs> the the last story you were going to give us was it was Hall of Fame jacket. I was going to slip that in. Do you remember what you were going to say after no, that? Yeah, we were going to talk about – you said you wanted to slide something in between there, but um, I guess that was the jacket. No, I was going to talk about our, our, hall, our party at the Hall of Fame. Okay, uh, go, yes, in, go ahead. In Canton, Ohio. And I'm not sure that I told you who the who the guest uh, the the biggest name guest at our party was. Okay, two two but, summers ago when when Ed went in. Uh, right? No, just this past. No, summer. this you're right. This past summer, not two summers ago. This past yeah. summer, uh, Glenn had to write Ed's speech to submit it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you had to submit it to the league. Yeah, because they want to check to make sure there was not going to be some crazy ass speech that would be like caught his microphone. But you yeah, knew, you knew, you knew, yeah, yeah, you knew all along, and Ed told you, "I'm not going to yeah. read the speech. I'm just going to riff." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, look, what? <laughs> and you're Go like, ahead. well, you're like, well, I got to write it anyway. So let me write you a speech, and I'll submit it to the league, and then we'll be off yeah. and running. Okay, now right. he's up on the podium, the moment of his life, accepting induction <laughs> to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So the best part is, is that uh, I'll just fill in a couple gaps. So he's like, exactly. I'm not reading no speech. I'm doing it off the heart, man. It's got to be real. You know, that's his whole thing. It's vibe. He's so genuine yeah. to a point where I'm like, dude, we got to be somewhat scripted. So we went over notes on like Wednesday at three 30 in the morning in Canton, Ohio, the Wednesday before the speech. And then we went over it again, like Saturday night at like 5.00 AM or something. And then, you know, the, 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 the induction day, you know, two hours before we left the hotel to go, but it wasn't anything that was buttoned up anywhere near where you or I as you professionally formal broadcasters right. like it. So we're sitting there and Ed's about to go on and I'm talking to coach Harbaugh, right? We're standing there. He's like, Glenn, how you doing? Good coach. How are you? Good. So what's the speech like? I go, funny you say coach, he didn't write one. That sounds about right. Glenn. Yeah. Coach. He didn't. I had to write a dummy speech to give to the networks, but I told him not to put it on the teleprompter because he's not going to read it anyway. <laughs> So Ed walks out on stage, and the first words he goes, I don't really write a speech. And Harbaugh turns and looks at me, and I go, I told you, Coach. Told you. Right. I didn't really write a speech, but, well, there's there's something in the prompter anyway just to make the networks, yeah. make the NFL happy about it. And you know what, though? The feedback was tremendous. The length was long for sure, and they're cutting that. But uh, the feedback was, dude, your guy is genuine, and, uh, and it came off real, and he checked all the boxes of, you know, hey, don't yeah. interrogate the police. Make sure you're keeping each other, you know, in line. Us as a society, we're supposed to bring each other up. He checked all the boxes, you know, yeah. so uh, not the way I would have done it. We took the scenic route, Zabe. We took the scenic route, but uh, we got there. Got there. We got there on the beautiful. speech. What a hell of a player he was, and it was fitting yeah. that on the night that he was honored, uh, they had a, a fum six off of the fumble by Edelman, yeah. his first f- lost fumble in three years, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, return for a touchdown by who's 44 again? Marlon Humphrey. I'm yeah. such an idiot. I forgot to tell you the best part. What? So pregame before the tunnel, we're sitting in the tunnel getting ready to go out and cheer the and and, and uh, you know rev the fans up. And old 
Bill Belichick comes by, gives Ed, I got this on video, gives Ed a big old hug. They talk for a second, and then Tom Brady comes by and goes, oh, uh, what's up, man? They embrace, they get a big hug, and Ed's like, hey, I'm still here, bro. Like, I'm not playing, but I'm still here in your head. And uh, yeah, as you all said, the, that. yeah, all the all the all of these guys who are great. I mean, Belichick and Brady. And I, I remember once I heard Manning, Peyton Manning yeah. say that Ed Reed was so tough to fool. You had to spend all game basically giving him dummy Trying to looks. Him. Yeah, exactly. It would literally take all game to get him to take one bad angle to just yeah. fool him once. That's how smart Ed was when he played. The only thing I can say in closing, because I know you want to dump me and finish out your gambling on football uh, tease here. <laughs> By the way, but, the, uh, J- the the Cowboys have roared back to the lead uh, tonight's game. Uh, I, I, I have a, I'll give you this anecdote and a Dak Prescott line, and then you can hang up on me forever. Um, and, and just so you know, your wire for sound sounded great. I could hear every bit of that. So good job in getting that three-pronged wire. Oh, yes, thank I am you. a Zay Cass Yes, listener. thank you very much, Glennie. The only thing I can say about, about Ed is that it's analogous to Neo in the matrix. He can see football. Maybe this is his only superpower, but he can see football like Neo saw the matrix. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe it. Dak Prescott, 10 second story. Go. We're in Atlanta at the Super Bowl this past year. We're at this restaurant called chop in the back. They have a private cigar bar. We're there with our friends and agents and some other people. And we're having dinner and Dak Prescott and Todd France's agent walk in and they're having dinner with family and friends and, it's late. We're getting ready to leave. And we have mutual friends. So we were talking to Todd and them. Dak goes, Hey Reed, man, you know, I wish I'd played against you when, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Reed turns around and goes, Dak, man, you don't want any of that. Walk right out the door. Oh <laughs> it's like my <laughs> God. <laughs> You're That's a nice great. quarterback, but you don't want any of that. Yeah. Right. You don't, you don't want none of that smoke, bro. He would have taken you pick six to the house on multiple occasions. Be glad you didn't have to throw against old number 20. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Glenn, you're the best, man. Uh, enjoy your beautiful new baby daughter. It's quite a ride. It really is. Thanks, Abe. Happy right, John, man. Thanks All for right. thinking of me. Get some rest. See you. There Later, you bud. All right. There you go. Glenn Eunice, who uh, not only uh, began as my producer, but uh, did his own show on Sirius XM and did his own show in Baltimore and is obviously uh, doing great right now. Doing great right now. Okay, let's end on this today, shall we? Person stabbed to death in Maryland over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oxon Hill, Maryland in Prince George's County. A person is dead after after a stabbing inside a Popeye's, according to sources. The incident happened. And was apparently over a chicken sandwich. Fox 5's Evan Lambert is headed to the scene. Now, look, there's some rough areas of Prince George's County. Oxon Hill, not the greatest of cities, not the greatest of places in PG County. But now, here we go. This is now the next thing. I actually, I thought, I knew a Popeye's near my old neighborhood in Virginia in just a little crook of a tiny shopping center behind a tire shop and and an IHOP that is not easily accessible. And I thought, you know what? When I come home, I'm going to swing by there. I'm going to take that route home and see if I can't get me one of these sandwiches that everyone's raving about and everyone's stabbing each other to death over. As I finally got there, because it was a bit out of my way, I roll on by and I see all the headlights. And this little tucked away, nothing burger Popeye's 
in the middle of white bread suburbia had a line of cars at 8.45 p.m. on a Monday fucking night around the building. It's either the greatest marketing scam or hustle in the history of marketing, and they're going to study it for time immemorial, or that chicken sandwich is some shit, some fucking delicious ass shit. To be continued... I'm sure. Don't don't stab anybody over this thing, okay? It still is just a chicken sandwich at the end of the day. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and rate. It always helps out with the algorithm. Feedback, Zabe at Yahoo.com. Hit me up on Twitter as well, at Zabe Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And for more of me, even more of me if you don't know, mornings, 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time or Central Time. And then also 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time on WTEM 980 and 95.9 in Washington, D.C. Have a great Tuesday, and I will see you next time. Okay, fellas and my ladies who like to dabble in the dark art of the point spread, the league has showed you half the deck of cards. Half the season is surely enough by now to get this thing wired, right? Well, okay, maybe it's not that easy, but still, a little bit of gambling can make any game fun. It can turn Jets-Dolphins into the freaking Super Bowl with a little something-something on the line. You want to get some sweet action on the games legally and be confident that when you win, you will get paid? Well, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Plenty of places will take your money. Not everybody likes to give it back. MyBookie.ag has proven themselves to me over the last two years to be rock solid. I've had a grand total of like five people who have had any kind of issue, and it's been one email to me, one email to them, and by the time I turn around, they're like, you know what, MyBookie reached out. I'm satisfied they took care of me. That's how they are. That's how they roll. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. So bet with your head, no over it. Use promo code ZABE to get that bonus doubling of your deposit. That's promo code ZABE. Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo. And remember, at mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid.